Welcome to the Guernsey Press Politics Podcast. I'm Matt Fallais. Next week, the states meet for probably the most important debate of their five-year term. Policy and Resources will make a third attempt to get a majority for its plan for the largest tax rises in decades, which includes a new goods and services tax and also income tax and social security reductions targeted at the least affluent half of islanders. Its plan faces numerous challenges, from deputies who want to see increases in income tax or company tax instead, or in some cases, hardly any tax increases at all. Perhaps PNR's greatest challenge comes from the self-styled Fairer Alternative group of deputies, who came closest to getting a majority for an earlier version of their plan the last time the states debated tax and spending earlier this year, and who have submitted revised proposals for next week's debate. Ahead of that debate, in a politics podcast doubleheader, I spoke to PNR President Peter Furbrush and the leader of the Fairer Alternative Deputies, Here's my interview with Heidi Soulsby. Welcome, Deputy Soulsby, to the Guernsey Press Politics Podcast. Morning. The first thing I'd like to do is give you an opportunity, briefly, if you will, to summarise your alternative tax package, which is going to the States next week, and how it differs from policy and resources preferred package. Absolutely, Matt. Well, I'll just take everybody back to February when we had the uh, original, well, actually it was a second bit, but the original debate on on tax review and uh, the original fair alternative, which comprised two stages. We had stage one, which was immediate revenue raising measures. And then we had stage two, which was looking at various things, so setting up um, a committee to look at spending and the structure of of spend in the the States um, and the other to look at other possible taxes, um, corporate taxes and and various other things to be looked at. Um, As we know what came out of there, we got a 2020 tie on our stage one um, and stage two, all, all our stage two proposals went through. So what we're trying to do now is build on what we did in in February on the basis that, well, we were very nearly and closely there. Uh, And also saying, well, look, we we need to do something. We need to make a decision in in this States. And again, we've got to have something that is not this big bang of of the the P&R approach. I say we we talk about big bang, we have done and we did in the last debate, but now it appears to be all or nothing. So it's like, do nothing is one of the PNR scenarios, or uh, borrow lots of money without having any uh, money to, to to fund it, or borrow lo- even more money and then hope that by the after the election we'll still have an income stream that will enable us to pay for it. And really, don't think that anything that they put forward is deliverable, uh, and and it's really high, high risk from from what we're get, from the point of view of where we're coming from. Um, and we think we've got to look at where we are in this this term. They're not going to be a GST is not going to be in place by the end of of uh, the term. There are a lot of stuff that they won't be able to get in or know how the impact of various um, changes will be over that period of time. We're also in a period of instability. We've had COVID, Brexit, war in Ukraine, anything else that's coming along that seems to be impacting us like that. And we just feel like we need this period of time to look at measures that we can do now. Look at the measures that we said, let's see, investigate that, bring them in, see how things are going. And then in June 26, we'll we'll be able to see 
What is the impact of all those measures? Where are we? Do we need to do anything then? We, it's basically, we're trying to be have a pragmatic, practical approach to the situation we're in. If this was in the beginning of the term, it might be very different, but we've got to think practically and it's all very well PR saying, we believe in GSC, it's absolutely the right thing to do and we need to borrow lots of money because we, we've got, to, we're underinvested in capital. It's all very well, but now we're in like less than about 18 months to, for the next election. You've got to think about where we are and if you care about making a difference if you care about actually achieving something you've got to look at what you can do at this particular moment in time so our measures are are balanced in terms of looking at um, various revenue raising areas as well as expenditure restraint more money we could get from corporate taxes looking at a visitor levy which i think when we had the last debate there was that belief that yeah we actually think visitor levy will be an idea we don't get any kickback heard any kickback from that other elements relating to that the other element of course is because now pnr have bought in capital i mean that debate in february was saying we need to raise so much more money from uh, which will gst enable us to do because we've got an aging population Whereas roll on six months and we're being told we need all this money because we're underinvested in capital. And we're saying, well, well, that's all very well. We might well have been underinvested in capital in some areas we are, some areas we're not. But but we're saying well, you can't just put it right in two years' time. We are a small line. We've got to look at you know, a population 63,000 and just say to ourselves, what can we actually achieve? What can our construction industry achieve? What can other contractors achieve over that period of time? What is the, what will be the impact, inflationary impact, other impacts of wanting to go out there and deal with all the capital all at once? So we're trying, we're trying to make it more balanced, smooth out that requirement and say, okay, you're, you're, you believe in this 2% of GDP, that's fine, but let's do it over a longer period of time. Actually do it, but manage it. It's, it seems to be all this bravado, like we got to build and we'll build here and we'll build there. In terms of, in, instead of looking at the practicalities, and I, I, for me, I, I do look, that's where I do look at practicalities. That's all very well and good and we can come up with dramatic scenarios, but we've got to look about what's what's achievable. So that that's where, where this amendment comes in. It's something that will really work for us now. And I think the longer we leave things, the more likelihood we will need to go for a really big change like, like GST. And for me, GST is something that will change a lot. It will cost a lot. And we need to be showing that we can do stuff in that period of time because I'm really concerned. I'm concerned about the proposals that PNR have put across that that inevitably will need to uh, lead to GST bolted onto our current system. Um, for me, it's like if we are going to make changes like that, we need to look at our actual tax structure in the round. And that's where the other amendment that's coming from um, with Deputy St-Pierre and um, Deputy Vermoulin seeks to address and say, it's all very well if you want to bring another tax in, bolt it on the top. But you've got to think, what's the impact of the other elements of the tax system we've got? Should we not be looking at things in the round and say, it might end up coming to like, you might have 20% GST, 5% income tax. We don't know, but we've really got to think about, yes, ageing population, sustainability of our, our tax base, and and where we what 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 we seem to achieve in terms of what's fair. So 
I mean, I, I think we really haven't considered intergenerational fairness to any great extent in this term. And we don't want our you know, children of today being the ones that have to, the, the ones that are having to take in and, and deal with um, all the issues um, of, the, of the past. And we've got to really think about what, what balance is right. And we haven't had that conversation. That's, that's the problem I have with what they're doing. They say, right, yes, we need to have, let's put this on and that'd be great. We'll all be sorted. But how does that impact various people on the island? So as you referred to, when this was previously debated in February, your an earlier version of your amendment came closer than any of the other plans to, to getting through the states and lost only on a tied vote. And during that debate, various members were suggesting that they had some involvement in putting that amendment together. Uh, and you mentioned Deputy Vermeulen, who is involved in, in one of the amendments, at least, that, that your group is putting forward. Can I just clarify how many deputies have been involved in framing the your alternative proposals this time and, and who are they ah well i'm not going to name people it's up to them to decide whether they want to be named but, okay so how we, many we, then well, we've, got, we've had the court i mean everybody knows we, we've um, put out releases and it's um deputy st pierre deputy casanseva miller uh, and myself but we've had wider people who've gone to and said you know what about this what do you think about this area and, and discussed it with them and to be to a great large extent what we've got now um also feeds right back to what we had in February as well. So there's elements of people involved in that. And we've taken what we did then as well. So, But the capital has is, is been a new area and we've discussed that with various people. So it has been more collaborative. And to be honest, and I think that's where my real disappointment with PNR has come. Um, they lost, I mean, convincingly lost the debate in February. And I would have hoped, and I'd try to hope, uh, uh, and I was really hoping that we could come up with a consensus approach here. Yes, they absolutely believe what they were putting forward was right. We could say that we absolutely believe what we, we were putting forward was right. So, but I felt that we could have done more, that there was something, PNR, as a lead committee, should have come out there and say, right, for the interests of this island, we've got to come up with something that we know we can get the states behind. And they haven't done that. In fact, far from, it's the opposite, because they've put through three scenarios, all or, this all, all or nothing scenarios where, A, it is do nothing and will inevitably lead to even higher tax. Um, tax rises, I suspect. You've got the the second one, which is, as I said before, borrow and not have the finances to, to cover it. And then the third one, which is undeliverable because you're not going to get your income stream for many years hence. So that, that should have been known about. They should have seen the issues that were related to that and this point in, in the term. And so that's what disappoints me, that that that. It, that is not what we want or expect in our system of government. The, the, what I really have grown to like even more over the, over the years is that that consensus system of government we've got, where we come together and we, we reach we we reach something that we can all get behind. We've done that. I mean, in my first time, I, I thought it, was, it worked really really well. Um, possibly it it didn't it worked well last term, but it it it, it was still um, in place and we could get through, through stuff. But this term, it seems to be, uh, it, it's, it's not gone anywhere. But it, it, that all comes from the top. That the, the um, that 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 the, that value, those values come from the top. And if it isn't happening there, then um, well, 
that we end up with what we've got at the moment. And we've seen the problem. Look how many amendments we've got to the policy letter. We've got nine amendments to the um, funding and investment plan. We've got one to the uprating report, which is actually, that's the one I've got on that, which links back to our February um, um, amendment. But then we've got three, I think, against government work plan. I mean, this is ridiculous. I mean, that's something that something has gone wrong when you've got nine amendments in such a mature debate. Your earlier comments per- perhaps refer to personality clashes there have been, or at least clashes in the style of government that has uh, been experienced have been experienced this term. But I need to put this to you because we originally invited you or, or one of your colleagues uh, who is working on on your alternative plans to come and debate with Deputy Peter Furbrush, the president of, of PNR, uh, so that we could interview you together and, and test your respective proposals side by side, as it were. And he accepted and you and your colleagues declined. W- why was that? Well, I'm, I, I'm sure it, 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 that's fine if he, if he wanted to accept it. I've, I don't like to rehearse debates in, in, in front of in the media like this that's what the assembly is for and i i think that's what i've always believed that i don't like it when we have this um to and fro um challenging each other i and i never have actually um supported that that, that point of view and to be honest with you i i was so dejected by the debate we had at the last state's meeting on the abuse of or the potential abuse of of privilege, it was such a personalised debate. I I thought it was completely unedifying. I think it was totally unnecessary, and said all that was wrong with this states the fact that you had people who just didn't understand what parliamentary privilege was for a start, and the importance of being a parliamentarian, and what a parliamentarian is. I couldn't believe it when people were saying, oh, I can't believe we've got this power to be able to say, you know, say anything. Well, of course, which is part of the division of powers and to be able to speak without any hindrance or or control, it's really, really important. Doesn't mean that you have to agree with the person who's done it. And I didn't agree um, that Deputy St-Pierre did what he did, but I'd absolutely defend the right of parliamentary privilege. And I was so dejected and I just saw the... Um, I, I was not impressed by Deputy Fairbrush's um, approach to that debate. I thought as a, that it wasn't statesmanlike, I think, is where I, I'm coming from. And I would thought from a most senior politician, I, I, that personalisation I didn't like. I mean, I, we had it from the other side as well, to be honest with you. That might be prompted by what what what, what he, he got. But um, I just felt, it, and you contacted me about a couple, but a day, a day after, I think it was, I said, look, no, we don't need that now. This should be about what I want to debate is what we've got in our amendments. And I'm I'm not convinced that it's something that we would have had. Um, so, yeah, I for me, it's let's debate this on the merits of the amendments and in the Assembly. And I'm happy to talk to you about what, I, what I've got forward and I'm happy you to challenge me on my amendment. But to have to, to actually have a rehearsal of a debate in, in the context of where we are at the moment, I didn't think it was the right time to do it. OK, PNR's preferred plan raises more additional revenue than 
any of the other plans, in, including... In theory, yes. It, it protects the least well-off half of the island because of the redistribution method, measures through uh, income tax and social security. Uh, and the Independent Fiscal Policy Panel has said, although none of these plans are fully sustainable, PNRs, that, which includes GST and the redistributive measures, comes closest to being sustainable. So when you look at that kind of package and it has those advantages, what really is there to object to other than tapping into this kind of latent public opposition to GST? What what else is there in the plan which is so objectionable? No, I think for me at the at the moment we're at the moment their their um, propositions just will not happen, and they they they're far too risky, and I don't think they're deliverable. I think that is a problem we've got at the moment. Um, I question these. Um, Although, if you and your colleagues voted for them, they would be deliverable, wouldn't they? Because they would they would get a majority. But I don't think they would be at this state in this state's term. I, it cannot, and they've even admitted it. They will not be able to get it through this state's term. And if you're going to have it, have their policies put through, then that will that that will be a major major problem. And also, as I say, I don't think we should be bolting on a brand new tax under with the current structure that we've got. Might be able to do it where we've got we've thought about the all the interactions of our tax system. Are we are we taxing fairly across the board? Are we looking at it, you know, from a both from a generational point of view in terms of wealth? We don't talk about wealth. We talk about income, but we don't talk about wealth, um, aging populations, and and sustainability from that point of view. Um, and I'm I've got no criticism in terms of they saying right. We had to look at tax from a sustainability point of view. Um, right, GST will bring a load of money all at once. Bingo. That's the that's the um, the, the golden egg. That's it. We've, we, we, we're great. But it's more it's it's more nuanced than that. And it's more complicated than that. And I really am bothered about just bringing this great big new tax system, which will have an impact. I don't care what, whether they say, oh, no, it's works elsewhere. It will have an impact on this island, small businesses in particular. And we also talk about the um, so-called progressive elements. But there's small businesses are going to absolutely be um, impacted by the employment social security changes most of the money that would be raised will so I think it was in 32 million and that would be mostly from businesses which will mostly be small businesses and the, the cost of employing people that bit was never covered off uh, and also mitigations are only as good as the time where you bring them in and you've done the calculation to say this is where it is Allowances, that 30,000 ban, will that ever go up? Will it or not? So the value of that goes down. The value of um, allowances, don't have to put them up all the time, then the value of those goes down. So it's, it's, it's more, it is more nuanced than that. And at the same time, I mean, looking at the bandings and uh, they've done case studies, that's based on household expenditure from 2021. Um, I did ask on this because I thought, well, sh you know, what, where are they getting these figures about the cost, of some, you know, the cost of living for somebody? For 2021, we've had the cost of living crisis since then. We've had huge amounts of inflation, inflation on food in particular. And I'm just think, I'm thinking that what was right in 2021 isn't necessarily and probably very likely isn't 
true for today. So I think for me, it's look, it, it's that bolting on GST on top of of an already you know evolved system that has always been focused on income tax and uh, social security contributions. It's it's a it's a big concern. Clearly, a major fear publicly is the ease with which governments tend to uh, increase sales taxes. But on the other side, a, a criticism of PNR, I think, is that your starting position in, in putting together your alternative is to avoid GST because it's unpopular and that all of your measures flow from this desperate need to avoid GST. And how, how do you respond no, to that? No, I wouldn't. I, it is not about being unpopular. And, and the, but the, the, I always think it's funny when we, we're hearing PNR and they, they talk about, oh, it's unpopular, but, you know, we know what's the right thing to do. Well, just because something's unpopular doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. And I think we've got into a bit of a, a mixed narrative on, on that. For me, it's just knowing that we need to make sure it's the right thing to do. Because once you bring it in, it, as you say, government will just make it go up and up and up and we we've seen everywhere that the more money government has the more money it spends and look at i mean just looking at pnr's different versions between february and today before we were needing gst because of the pressure on our services and our aging population Today, it's we need GST because we've got to spend hundreds of millions of pounds on capital. Well, how do you go square that circle? You can't go from one thing in February to now saying it's because we've got to spend a load of money at once. And the panel, this fiscal policy panel that, that um, PNR have set up and appointed, I mean, I'm trying to just understand their logic. I mean, they've plucked out, so it's got to be 3%, we've got to spend 3% of GDP uh, on capital because that's like the OECD average. Well, Guernsey's not OECD big country. We don't have railways. We don't have motorways. We don't have other major sources of nuclear power stations and major major sources of capital. We've got to look at it in terms of being a population of 63,000 and what's relevant. And also the type of capital, you know, just don't spend it on capital. You need to, is it, is it the right capital for the, for the island? Just spending it doesn't make it the right thing to do. And, and also, but, but on top of that, what, what, do you, what um, PNR are doing is saying, they're not just saying, oh, we're nearing 3% GDP. They want to spend much, much more in the next two years. Well, we have ne- we've never been able to spend half the amount of money on capital in one year, let alone the amounts that they're thinking that we can spend. Now, it's just not going to be achievable. And we might like to think it's achievable and say, yeah, we can do it and, you know, and thump our chairs. But the practicalities of this make it bonkers. Your plan includes a larger number of smaller measures, if I can put it that way. Motoring taxes, a levy on tourists, more spending reductions than PNR is included in its plan, two rounds of company tax increases. It feels a bit like death by a thousand cuts (laughs) and then we still might need GST anyway. Yeah, I mean, I can understand that that, that argument. But what we're we're saying is we we believe there's more that can be done now. 
And I think that's the important thing. Just giving up. I mean, certainly right spending. I mean, we people say, look, surely we can cut on uh, our spending. Well, we'll just look where we are with our forecast for this year. I mean, that gives you another indicator. Uh, it's like it's been, oh, everything's so depressing, we're told. you know. But every, at the beginning of the year, everything was so bad. And, oh, it's, we're going down and down and down. And then here we go, the forecast's go, going up. We can do it. Absolutely believe the, the, the spending restraint that we've put in can, can, can be achieved. But what we're trying to say, look, this will tide us over then in the short and medium term. We've already got all the measures that we were looking at that the states have approved in February. We've got to look at how everything is bedding in and see after all the disruption of the last few years, nobody can say that we should be ignoring the impact of COVID and Brexit and the war in Ukraine has had on this island. I mean, they all have. But we're wanting to bring in new taxes at a time of real volatility. Why are we doing that? We've really got, it's beholden on us as a government to only be putting um, new taxes in, uh, which will have a huge impact if we know it's absolutely the right thing to do. And what we're saying is we can we can do all this. Then look in June 26, which we the states have already agreed that we do and see where we are then with all these measures going um, coming through and looking at things more holistically than we have been. You have put fairness at the centre of your plan and, yeah. and you, your amendments uh, carry the strapline, the fairer alternative, again, as, as they did in February. Now, I understand the alternative part because clearly the proposals are different from PNR. But why is it fairer and to whom in Guernsey is it fairer? Very good point. I think for me, it's fairer in terms of government making sure that it's balanced in what it does and understands repercussions of what it's doing. Um, I, I am concerned with bringing in what in the way that PNR are doing. As I say, it, it is not GST. It's unpopular. We don't bring it in. My, my, my concern is bring it in on top of a system we've already got, which is impacting people quite substantially. And, and small businesses in particular, I mean, that's the lifeblood of this island, small businesses. It's, most of the businesses on the island are small. And if we lose those, then we, re we really will be suffering. We're seeing um, businesses um, closing down and that, that and it bothers me. Small businesses are very... By their very nature, it's it's they're they're far more fragile than a big multinational coming here. But the small businesses are the ones that are loyal to the island, um, and I think that's where Guernsey will can really grow and foster and 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 I I think that's where we, we don't talk about growth, we don't talk about growth at all, and we've got to think our growth will come from those small businesses. So the more that we can help. From that front, it's really important. That's one of the reasons I stood for election back in 2012 was to support small businesses. And I really do not believe that the proposals put forward by PNR in February or, or, or today will be supporting small businesses at all. Yeah, it's certainly true that a lot of the business representative groups who, who represent smaller businesses are, are very nervous about GST and are, and are opposed to PNR's proposals. But it's not just GST. GST will just be the final straw for many businesses. And I, I, don't, I know people say that if they're in business, oh, we can't deal with it. But I know from a small business point of view, it will be hard. They will have huge hike in, um, if, if their scenario three goes, th goes through, huge hike in employer contributions. Um, 
secondary pensions coming in and then having to manage GST on top. So one might be okay, but a, a, a tri- triple whammy all at the same time, it's really, really hard. And this on, is on the other hand, the Chamber of Commerce has come out backing PNR's proposals. So, so there is a, a division of opinion, isn't there, amongst business? I don't know if they are backing it. I mean, certainly a few members that might be on their committee might be backing it and they might be backing it on the back of what they've been told. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's the right thing to do or the right thing to do right now. Let's talk, though, about individuals and, and, and families, because I think, and you may say this is a misinterpretation, I think the word fair or fairer implies or creates the impression that it's it, that less affluent households will be better off under your package than they will under P&R's package. I, I think when a lot of people hear the word fair, that's what they'll imagine it means. But isn't it the case that actually it's PNR's plan which will take more tax from the better off half of the island and no more tax or less tax and social security potentially from from the less well off half. And your plan includes motoring taxes, which which do hit the least affluent. Well, so do theirs. Public sector spending cuts, which will hit the least affluent because they consume services uh, more than than wealthy people, and your plan has more spending cuts than PNR's plan, and your plan doesn't have this thirty million pounds of redistribution through a new lower rate of fifteen percent income tax and social security changes, which are designed to help the least affluent people in Guernsey. Yeah. So, how how is your package fairer to the least affluent people if they're actually going to be worse off? than they would be under PNR's plan. No, because the, the GST won't be, whatever, whatever anybody says, GST will impact people. I don't think that... Do you think PNR's figures are wrong, that, that, that the least affluent half of Guernsey won't be better off under their plan? Well, I don't think it's their... What they're doing, it's not their... They talk about their package, but we've got the uprating report that's coming through, which is why we've not put anything about Social Security in there, because that will be the reform of Social Security contributions which we kind of support, but not necessarily when it comes to the whole impact on um, employer contributions and the impact on small businesses. So that's why you will see that there, the other amendment that I've done is about making uh, employment social security look at that element, what they, they talk about wanting a review. So basically what they're doing in their uprating report is saying, if the PNR proposals don't go through, we will look at um, employment, um, employers and social um, um, look at um, social security contributions, which I totally support. Which is why we've not put anything in here. Because what's the point? Because we think that that what they're doing is is absolutely right, and we believe that reform is great and will make a difference. Last in February, we put it in because there was no ESS hadn't put anything in. But and that's why ours was far more progressive, and I think you'd have think seen the elements in terms of um, allowances and, and stuff like that. But we haven't done this now because we say, look, it's far too far too late. They're not going to be able to achieve what what they've done, and it's all like what the figures they've got are out of date anyway. So w- what we're saying is, do what we can now, and it'll be fine. When it comes to motoring taxes, they've got they've already got that as well. So it's not just GST and and their so called progressive package, which. I am very, I'm sorry, call me sceptical, but I know conversations but that had that, well, we can put an, uh, the, that um, band at that level and it, it can stay there and it won't, it'll lose its value over time. That is what happens. We've seen it before. I think it's taken a long time for 
um, tax allowances to go up. I think ours have been artificially lower for an awful long, long time. But I think the trouble is when you talk about, oh, poorer people will will spend less than richer people. So that's that's fine. So that means rich people will will contribute more. Well, rich people are very good at finding out ways of avoiding tax in the first place. And also it says, well, a poor person, they're expected to only spend that amount of money. Well, what if they've got a disabled member of their family? What if they've got lots of children? What's it? What, what if they've got unexpected expenses that they have to pay for? It's all very well saying, well, a poor person only spends that amount on, on, on their uh, living o- over a week or a month. But it doesn't take in, into account people's reality. And but I- the figures released by Treasury do show, or perhaps you, you would say claim might be a better word, that the least affluent half of the island under PNR's plan, their preferred plan, including GST, the least affluent half of the island is at least no worse off and, and most of them are better off. That isn't true in your plan, is it? Well, I don't. I disagree because I think with the um, ESS proposals, that that will help, certainly. But what we're doing is we're not bringing in a brand new tax, which will, you're you're starting with, with their proposals, which are, there's a lot of hopes, wishes and, and expectations. I mean, it's all based on theories rather than the realities. And I, I, I do question it. And for, and for me, I think we as a government need to be doing far more before we, we bring in a new tax. And as I say, a new tax on, on top of an already um, evol- long evolved system, which has got out of, bit out of sync, I think. Let's talk about the debate there has been this week. We've been covering it in the Guernsey Press about the, the claim that there is a £50 million hole in uh, PNR's GST plans, or that the first year costs of introducing GST will be fifty million pounds more than PNR originally estimated. So, so in the region of ninety million rather than forty million. But do you accept that that fifty million pounds would actually never be paid because it's it it relates to a calculation within the uh, the uh, public sector workers pension fund, and and there wouldn't actually be a cost to general revenue of fifty million pounds in the first year. It's it's an accounting exercise rather than an actual cost, is it not? Well, first of all, we didn't say whole. I think that was the No, we said whole. You said whole. But you but you said it would it would the first year cost would be fifty million. There would million. be, and this is to use the words that we were given, a one off deterioration in the fund of, of the um, public sector pension scheme. That is true. That is something that would not happen if we didn't have But that's a valuation, isn't it? It isn't actually fifty million that well, would no, need to be transferred be, into the fund. It would be the impact of increased GST and and having to take into account um increased salaries, the impact of, of GST itself. That is an impact of GST. And that is something what we're saying. The, 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 the counter to that is saying, well, P and R saying, oh, well, it's not, but it will be lost in the roundings effectively. 50 million is nothing. It will be absorbed by the fund, which is um, overfunded at the moment. So the counter to that, and we put we put in our amendment, is bring in um, pension holiday for three years, raise 78 million and use that for capital. And that, as you say, nobody will feel that. But that's money that we can use right here, right now, without having to increase taxes. Is that a responsible thing to do, to uh, raid pension funds? Or at least, does it not create the impression that you're prepared to... Uh, take a, a less cautious approach to funding pension li- liability. No, I, mean, I think, I mean, I've 
worked in the pension industry. I, I administered set-up pensions. So I, I, it's not that I'm doing this, I think, oh, look, there's some money there, let's take it. I do know what I'm talking about in that world, actually. Um, and so I, 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 it's, it was always a very common thing to do, the defined benefit scheme. Basically, if you're overfunding a pension scheme, that's taxpayers' money that doesn't need to be within that fund. And it, what we're talking about is not a lot of money when it comes to the 1.6 billion that's that's sitting in there and that's our biggest fund we talk about states funds and investments that is by far the biggest fund that we've got um and if we've got money in there that we've already we're already overfunded for 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 that fund surely we should be taking it out and using it for the benefit of the community who are the ones that have been putting in the money in there in the first place so it it is absolutely fair it's absolutely sustainable the risk is not there any more than bringing in gst and cost and re- reducing the value by uh, 50 million there it as i say it won't make it and any difference from that point of view. So it's absolutely a rational thing to do. I know people say, oh, what about Robert Maxwell? It's absolutely nothing to do with raiding a, a pension and taking out the money when you, without anybody knowing about it. This has absolutely been very common using um, pension holidays. Of course, we don't hear about them anymore because, well, most people don't have defined benefit schemes anymore. But absolutely, I, there should not be any problem or concern either amongst those me- uh, members of the fund or any members of the community about doing what we're proposing there. That's probably because we, the background we've got, um, that we, it was something that we thought was something that could be done. Let's talk um, briefly about one of the other amendments, because as you say, there, there are uh, numerous amendments submitted to, to PNR's plan. But one of them uh, from Deputy Lyndon Trott proposes putting 2p and possibly ultimately 3p on the basic rate of income tax, which by Treasury's own forecast, although they they, are, they, are, they stress that they are very much an estimate and they haven't been stress tested, would raise, uh, if it's 2p, uh, I think it's 32 million a year. If it's 3p, 48 million a year. So these are big sums of money. I mean, this is, a, this is an alternative plan uh, in itself, isn't it? And Deputy Trot has said that he will lay his amendment if the other plans are unsuccessful and, and, and can't get a majority. Now, so if it comes to a vote on that, income tax is, theoretically at least, a fair tax. You only pay it if you earn it. Uh, and there is quite a, a public feeling, I think, that um, putting up income tax is, is more acceptable, Deputy Trot certainly feels this, than GST to the community. So my assumption is you will back that amendment to put up income tax to 22 or 23p if your plan fails is that right well i haven't decided where i'm going on 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 any of the other amendments at the moment i'm i'm committed to the amendment we've got um uh, but i think it's funny coming from deputy trot i mean you might recall back in our first term when we were doing the personal tax and benefits review it was me that laid an amendment trying to increase income taxes having a band of taxes because that's what i think would be and i still do think there's a there's a um makes makes more sense but i i'm surprised that Mr. Guernsey Finance is the one that, that's putting it forward. So I'd be interested to see um, the reason why he's come to that conclusion. I, I suspect it's because he said, right, we've got to just sort it all out now and forget about it. But whether that will or not is another issue. What, are the, what is the impact on it? He's not doing anything in terms of um, allowances or and also we've got to think about tax caps. I mean, one thing that we're dealing with here, which is more is progressive, is uh, looking increasing those tax caps. 
Um, but if you you can raise income tax, but how are the very rich? Very rich won't be impacted by that at all. Uh, so you you got to kind of like balance, see whether it's balanced or not. But it not. would make a, a significant inroad in the projected deficit, wouldn't it? If you get to the point where the only Absolutely. choice left next week or whenever you, you end up voting on, on the final propositions is emerging with no plan at all or a plan for 2p or 3p on income tax, surely you, you, you won't want to emerge with nothing. Will you? You'll vote for the income tax proposal, even if it's the least bad option left on the table. I want to know when we, we have that debate, if we get that far, um, if Deputy Trot thinks that won't be an impact on our finance industry, won't be impact on our businesses. The headline, we've always been, I mean, you could say obsessed with the 20%, but every other, our immediate competitors have this 20% and they're using other taxes to make, make up for it. I mean, that is a question, do we do that or not? I would go back to the point that we really ought to be looking at our tax system anyway. And I think the problem, just looking at making it sustainable from bringing in more taxes isn't the way we should be doing it. We've done, we've had a little look at in employment social security contributions. I think we need to change them. But we haven't looked at income tax. We haven't looked at consumption taxes in the round. And I think that's the problem. We've done, and I go back to this. This is why I think that the amendment looking at a root and branch review is really important so we, we've got something that is deals with aging population sustainability and intergenerational fairness which we haven't even discussed i don't even recall that coming up anywhere in any discussion so far finally i want to touch on what happens after the debate next week if the policy and resources committee's plan is defeated for what will essentially be the third time uh, after October 2021 and February this year, they're going to have to resign, aren't they? I mean, they, their flagship tax policy will have been defeated again. They won't have any credibility or authority left to remain in office, will they? Well, I mean, you could have said that in February, but I don't know. I mean, we're, we're so far into this term. What's anybody yet? How difficult will it be for anybody else taking over, I think, is one issue. Um, I just think we don't need, we didn't need to be in the mess we're in, and we are in a mess because we haven't worked. Well, I think PNR have not shown the leadership to work with members and come up with a a, a conclusion, a consensus, and I'll leave it to others to think about that. But that's my biggest regret about all this. I really didn't. I hoped. We wouldn't have to do another amendment. I really actually thought we went when the I couldn't believe when I saw the proposals and I thought, oh, just vote them all down because there's no way I can support them. I just know that they were wrong. They're the wrong uh, proposals for now. Absolutely the wrong proposals for now. And they should have known that. It must have been obvious that they knew that. The fact that GST could not be brought in now, this is their flagship element, cannot be brought in. It was already too late in February and it's too too late now. And I know there are members who, who think that. I know there are members who think, yeah, well, GST might be the right answer, but you can't bring it in now. And this is the point. It's all very well believing in what you're doing, right? And that some of the, the, the way that the con we've got zealous converts have gone from one extreme to another. That's fine, but we've got to work together. To, if we really care about the island, we ought to be working together to come up with something which might overall be completely unpopular for everybody in many aspects, but we'll actually reach, we, we come up with something that's workable. So that is the, uh, 
So it, it, it's not, look, I'm not looking forward to it next week. I don't think it'd be, um, I, I'm hoping we can come, re, re, reach a decision, but. Uh, if your plan is successful, that the, the conventional thing to do <laughs> would be to offer yourself to serve on the committee that has been defeated, isn't it? I mean, in, in, we've spoken about the way the state operates. That traditionally is what would have happened if, if, if somebody lays an amendment which, which defeats the, the f- most important flagship policy of a committee, the committee stands aside and the people behind the amendment offer themselves to take over from the committee. I mean, now that is not in your hands because PNR will have to decide what to do if their plan is defeated. But are you at least prepared to offer yourself to take on their responsibilities if your plan is the one that's accepted? Well, to be honest, I don't know if it'll get it'll even get that far. I mean, I, you talk about tradition, Matt, but I think the States has been, I, I, in many ways, doesn't, has never had much respect for what has gone on in the um, how things have been done in the past. And I, I, to be honest, I think that's probably one reason why we are where we are. If we learnt, understood what our system of government was about, what makes it really powerful and strong, their consensus way of working, so we're not fighting each other and shouting at each other in, in the assembly and making uh, per, the personality politics that, that we've had, I don't think we would be in in the position we're in at the moment. So goodness knows, I have no idea where we're going to end up this, um, by f- if we actually do finish in f- Friday next week, even with a- an extra day. I really have some sympathy with the presiding officer working out how the amendments are going to work. Which one's come first, second? I'm not, I expect he's holding his head in his hands by looking at how, he, how he's going to work that one out because there, there are so many different ones that say, some that say, oh, if scenario one is approved, then do that. If it's not scenario four and five, but I might, I, I mean, it's got to do my head in trying to work it out. At least with our amendment, it is straightforward. And you can say, ignore that look at where we are at the moment this is the best sustainable way of moving forward at this moment in time and that's what we're trying to do okay it's going to be an interesting few days and an important few days for the island's future Uh, we will be covering it every step of the way in the guernsey press but for now thank you for your time deputy salisbury thank you very much the states is sitting from tuesday next week as ever there will be full coverage in the guernsey press And throughout the meeting, we will reflect on each day's debate on our Shorthand States podcasts. So join us then for what promises to be a landmark States meeting.